Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian, the club still setting standards and setting the pace in Edinburgh football. I am Laurie Dunsire. I'm joined once again by Mark Donaldson. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, so, uh, just trying to think of an intro off the top of my head, and uh, interesting that, you know, hearts and hibs always seem to be neck and neck with hearts, maybe just getting the edge, even when it comes to sacking managers. They're always they're always following on in our coattails, aren't they? <laughs> I'm looking at the next manager odds for Hibernian and for hearts. A lot of similarities in those two. Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing. People are saying that, you know, they could be in the same market now. They'll be competing for potentially the, the similar sort of names. And uh, I, I heard, uh, I think it was one of the chaps on the, the Terrace podcast had mentioned that potentially some managers could play them off against each other. It could be the, the Kyle Lafferty scenario, but in managerial hmm. terms. I would be surprised if Jack Ross is not the next Hibs manager. I would agree, uh, yeah. He, yeah, he, he would have been up there. Certainly one of my favourites to get the Hearts job, but not to be, it looks like. So where does that leave us? Just before um, we started this, I was watching Anne Budge's press conference from um, Monday. And she said, excuse me, finance is not a problem for the compensation for a potential new manager, if that's the road they want to go down. And also this shows interesting that she wants Hearts, obviously, to compete at the top. So, therefore, they're after a very experienced and high-profile manager. Yeah, who does that rule in and who does that rule out? Uh, it, it's, it's a very difficult one because what does that exactly mean? Do we mean a high-profile manager in Scotland, experienced um, in this country, experienced in general? Are we talking you know, bigger than that? Because David Moyes was one of the names a few people had banded about and he's ruled himself out, which I don't think is it's really a big surprise, ruled himself out of the running from for either job in Edinburgh. But but yeah, what what high profile are we talking? Stephen Robinson would say he's high profile in Scotland, as in he's probably one of the, you know, more highly regarded managers in this country just now, but in terms of beyond Scotland, not really. He had a brief spell which was a very poor spell in England, so Many people are saying, oh, what Anne Budge has said has is, is ruled Stephen Robinson out, but it depends how you take what she's saying, <laughs> really. Well, you take her statement that, that was made how many weeks ago? Four, five weeks ago, back in Craig Levine, and, and there's been an about turn. And it was interesting. She was asked about that, and I, th- I thought she handled the, the press conference pretty well. She said, look, in her mind, she wanted to go the full, um, the full set of fixtures, as far as playing everyone once, then kind of take stock. She didn't say that in her statement, but she said it in the press conference. And that was after the St. Johnson game, where that concluded the 11 fixtures uh, when we played everybody once, that, that she made the decision. Um, there, there have been a fair number of contradictions that, that have taken place. And until we know who the next manager is, we, we can't make any assumptions based on comparing her statement uh, or her press conference with uh, with the appointment, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, w- when you look at at those things that, that that have been said regarding the very experienced and high profile manager, 
that rules a lot of a lot of managers out. Um, and and who does it leave? Well, is it both? Is it very experienced and high profile? Is it very experienced or high profile? Um, I mean, a high profile someone like Roy Keane. Well, he's very experienced, but not as a manager. So <laughs> there's there's a lot there's a lot of questions and not too many answers right now. I'm glad they said they're going to take the time. Um, I'm 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 led to believe that Stephen Robinson's agent was rather eager in getting in touch with Hearts, and I'm not sure that went down overly well. So I know he's the odds-on favourite right now, but as it stands, I'm not sure he'll be the next Hearts manager. Interesting times ahead, and we will talk about uh, the potential Hearts um, next manager. We're not going to go into too much depth this week because we pretty much covered it the entire show last time around, but maybe just a couple of the names that have come up that we didn't cover last time. We'll talk about Hearts' last game, the the 3-0 Betfred Cup semi-final defeat to Rangers on Sunday that just passed. Um, We're going to have a look at what the listeners think and uh, what tweets we got about what a new manager is going to have to do with the Hearts team, who, sh- who we should keep, who we should try and get rid of, where the, the kind of positions that he really needs to strengthen are. And we will look ahead to Hearts' next game, the big relegation battle, the, the, the fight between the bottom two in the Scottish Premiership when they take on St Mirren this Saturday afternoon. OK, first up, Rangers against Heart of Midlothian on Sunday at the National Stadium. Now, I should mention, uh, apologies for the fact that last week, the, uh, the the kind of last third or so of the show was not available for some technical difficulties. Uh, probably doesn't matter that people missed our match preview because um, I said I was maybe a little bit more optimistic, although didn't hope for much on Sunday. Um, you said you were... A, bit, a little bit more optimistic than that but the general feeling was we were slightly more optimistic um, and all that went out the window um, in some respects any optimism that the game might show a, a noticed improvement for Hearts went out the window when the kind of team news came out now we should say uh, I don't think any level-headed Hearts fan really expected Austin McPhee to make some kind of drastic change in the style um, and performance from Hearts. I think you're maybe hoping he could instill something more in the team, especially since he's been working with them for a couple of years. And the fact that we'd actually done okay against Rangers a few weeks ago, you maybe hoped he could carry that on with a couple of his own tweaks. Um, Unfortunately, as soon as we saw the team, there was a lot of negativity around it straight away because... Well, there was three changes. Um, Demur, Morrison, Igpiezu went out. In came Glenn Whelan, Rio Meshino. Not much surprise with those two. But then the big, ch- I guess the big surprise, the man who'd not appeared since Hearts were last at Hamden in May when he came off the bench in the cup final for his first appearance of the season was Craig Whiten. So I don't want to talk about the changes too much, but that one I think really threw a couple of people. And... A lot of the theories I saw banded about was the fact, well, one, that there's a supposed falling out between Ekpiezu and McPhee, and McPhee maybe doesn't fancy Ekpiezu, but a lot of people said it's maybe a sign of McPhee trying to stamp his identity on the team and just show that he is now the man in charge by making such a drastic change and using a player that Craig Levine hadn't hadn't used once this season. Baffling. 
just 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 baffling. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. I, I want to start at the end and work my way back. A quote from McPhee. I planned to introduce Uche at halftime anyway, and Stephen just had to come off a couple of minutes before that. We were only one minute away from getting to halftime when Rangers got their first goal. You'd planned to introduce him at halftime anyway. I, I don't understand that. At nil-nil, at one-nil down as they were, at one-nil up, at three-nil down. These are all different scenarios. I, now, look, he, he was the man picking the team. He was the man picking the tactics. If he got it right, then this is a, this is a praise episode. This is, my God, he was brilliant. He got everything spot on. The players were great. He's not. So now I called it an audition. People, well, one person in particular on Twitter said, well, you know, aren't you a bit early having said audition failed? No, I'm not. For me, that, that proved that we need a completely fresh broom. I, I don't get the fact that when a player uh, ragdolls a defence, like Goldson played... Um, both games, the one at Tynecastle and the one at Hamden. Hellander came in at Hamden um, for who was it that played it was at Tynecastle? Katic. Was it Borna? Katic played. Katic, who really Tynecastle. struggled against Uche at Tynecastle, yeah. Yeah, now, and I know they went Hellander, but for, for people to say, oh, he's done nothing this year, Uche has, has been a lot better of late. He's one of the form players. Uh, that's not saying much, I get that. But you don't you don't take someone out out of the team when he's performed so well against the same team, maybe not the same opponent in in Katic, but certainly with Helland. It, it made no sense. And then the comment to say you were going to introduce him at halftime anyway, I I just don't understand it. For, for me, he'll he'll be in charge of St Mirren, but I, I want them all gone. I, I think it's time for a fresh broom. Mm-hmm. Um, just just. A total change because, as I said, if, if we'd won it, then it, it was a full. Pr- that, that's the nature of this. That, that's how fickle we are as as fans. I think Laurie, there's an element of him trying to be too smart. I think he's 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 one of these um, guys who he's done very well with Northern Ireland, and 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 he's excellent when it comes to scouting um, future opposition and whatever. And as I said last week, would I put him on the shortlist? To be decided. Um, no, I wouldn't now. I've got no problem with him. And I, I, I backed the decision last week to have him in charge. Because what we're going to lose anyway, we probably would have lost it anyway under, under Craig Levine. It was an opportunity for him. But he failed. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the, the lineup, so we talked about the three changes. So same back five that had started Craig Levine's final game um, against St. Johnson. Pereira and goals, Hickey Smith, Berra White. Um, no real surprise there. Not too many options in that sense. But then, if we look at the midfield and the and the attack, I mean, we, we're looking at it's surely a four-two-three-one. Um, but he really lined up at trying to certainly from the start. Anyway, I know the shape altered a bit as the game went on, but certainly from the start, it looked like it was kind of mirroring Rangers four-three-three. So I'd clear Wheel and Bazanich in the middle, and then Whiten. And Meshinal flanking McLean, and you could see even when Hearts lost the ball, they they kind of stuck to their four three three formation, and I just couldn't understand it because I kept saying to Jimmy, 
pointing and, and, and looking frustrated, no doubt, to those around me. The space either side just gave Rangers two men over every time because they pushed up Barisic and Tavernier repeatedly. Um, and that's what you need to do on a big hand and pitch. You, it's hard to play a narrow 4-3-3. You, if, you're, if you're advancing, you're going to put your fullbacks up. The difference with Hearts is Hickey and White just weren't getting up the field. And um, it's one of those where... It, our podcast is not really a breakdown tactical analysis type of one. It's not our, our usual game, but it's one of those where I just thought, this is this is not going to work. Why are we even trying to do this? We're leaving three players up the field. We're just giving Rangers, who will get more of the ball, who will be on the front foot, extra men constantly. And as soon as Wheeler went off, we just lost any foothold in the game. And we didn't have much of a foothold anyway. It was horrible. It, it was horrible to watch. How it was... It was only 1-0 at half-time. How they hadn't scored mm. before that, I, I, I don't know. We were absolutely insipid. The 4-3-3 made, made no sense whatsoever. If you're going to do something like that, at least do a replica of what you did in the cup final in a bid to... If you're not going to attack... and that, that, That's another thing. There's different ways to attack um, and different players that you can use to attack. That Not just Uchi not starting was baffling. And to take you back to something you said earlier about, about Whiten... I understand certain managers or coaches have got favourites or, or whatever, and he thought he could maybe do a job. But but Whiten played the full 90 minutes. And he's not even been seen much this season. Mm. So and I know the argument would be, well, they had to make a couple of early changes with Whelan and, and McLean going off. But you, you've you've got to... You've got to think that that's a possibility, given Hart's injury record this season, that we, we, we must have made more first-half changes... This season, and I, I, I can't recall ever us making as many before, it, it, like in force, not not just kind of tactical ones as well. I just think he got it wrong. I, I think he got it wrong. And I don't know if it's for today or, or for another day. I'd be happy to go through every single Hearts player and say hit or miss, because there, there's too many of them right now. And we talk about the we talk about McPhee. Um, who is is now an interim charge? We talk about Levine having gone. There's a lot of these players, and and you kindly sent me a, a WhatsApp list of of who's out of contract in the summer, who's in 2021, and who's in 2022. There's a lot of them f- for me. And if Michael Smith comes out and says it, then you know there's a problem. There's a lot of it. A lot of them for me. Um, I, I've got no interest in them uh, as far as as going forward is concerned, long term. Uh, how we deal with that in the short term, well, that that's that's something we have to work out. But there's a lot of them that aren't good enough um, if we want to be better than than where we are right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's an awful lot more to be to be broken down in the game. Obviously, Rangers won three nil. I thought that was maybe being kind to Hearts in the end. I mean, they never at any point laid a glove on Rangers. So. Nope. I think Rangers were made second or third gear, coasted coasted through it similar similar fashion to to Celtic coasting through the the day before against Hibs. Um, a couple of things maybe just to cover. Steve McLean now was taken off. Now I actually thought I thought Steve McLean's booking was very harsh. However, he he didn't seem like he was going to hold back anymore after the booking. And I thought Alan McGregor was a bit nonsensical running to the ref. I thought it was not much in McLean trying to go for the ball when it was between them, but he was just getting involved in things, and I, I wasn't surprised that um, Austin McPhee took him off. But 
it's maybe a bit of a damning indictment that our 37-year-old striker has to be taken off so he's not sent off in the first half. But then the other side of it, was he about the only player out there who was actually looked like he was up for a battle? I don't know. <laughs> he kind of went completely the other way and the other 10 barely looked like they were bothered. Maybe Michael Smith apart, but he had to go off injured. And um, Okay, the other one I'd maybe say, Christoph Berra, I actually thought, okay, wasn't great. Maybe a couple of things you could point out, but I thought especially in the second half when we were kind of up against it at times, I thought he was holding our makeshift back four together. Stephen McLean's, his passion should be commended, but there comes a time, especially the age and experience that he is, uh, ill-discipline does does no one any favours. That was just selfish. The chance that he could have been sent off. Now, the whistle had already gone. This is the thing, and he said he he couldn't hear it. I don't have a problem with that. That that wasn't the issue, and and I thought the referee was was, I mean, John Beaton. I I I, I sometimes have have trouble with the way that he handles games, and that he doesn't. I don't feel like he's he's always in control. And, and there was a lot of erratic decisions. I mean, the the booking of of McLean and then Claire oh, yeah. didn't book a Rangers play until until Ryan Jack and Naismith gets booked and and Defoe late on. This is one of these we're going to look back on, and I mean, the, the semi-final last year against Celtic, we went into that was actually the start of our downfall. Yeah. But we went into it with a little bit of hope until this, se- until seven minutes in when Stephen Naismith hobbled until, off. Yeah. This was this was embarrassing to be a Hearts a Hearts fan. We've got an interim boss who's trying to be too smart with a team selection. We've got disjointed players. Some care, some don't, some are all over the place. The club right now is rudderless, and we need to do something about that. I think one of the worries is, I mean, you know, tactics aside, it's a it's a coach who's he's only ever covered the first team as a, a temporary position when the manager was still there but was just unwell or suspended. So, you know, I know he's interim anyway, but he is now, I guess, manager in his own right, even if it's only temporary. So tactics aside, even you know technical performance aside, I think one of the big, big disappointments for me from Sunday, I I, I thought we'd lose. I I, I was, I, th- I thought we'd put up more of a fight than we did, but I, I thought we'd lose. And three 0 didn't surprise me all that much, unfortunately. But we thought that maybe you know this happens regardless of of who takes over or whether there's no one in charge. If it's an interim manager, when a manager goes, you generally seem to get this little lift. Players are like, oh, things have changed. I've got to prove myself. I've, I've got to go and put up a fight. You know, the new boss could be watching, whatever. Whatever it is, I don't know. The new the, the new or no manager bounce. It went the other way, I thought. I thought we looked even more flat. Yes. And they just agreed. looked. It's it. And that's a worry because, like, right, well, okay, Levine's gone. You know, someone else could be coming. And you think these guys would be like, right, at the very least, I'm out there battling because for all I know, manager X is sitting in that stand waiting to take over and this is my audition and he might think well nah from what I've seen on him already I I, I don't fancy him but we just looked bereft of any belief any apart from apart from I say Michael Smith Glenn Wheel went off early Naismith when he came on um, so many of those players just looked beaten before the game had barely started. It just, it, it was worrying. It was, it was really difficult to see. I did something before we came on air with regards to the starting 11 
from the weekend mm-hmm. um, that, that, that kind of concerned me. Okay, Looking ahead to next season, of that starting 11, I've only got two. I've only got two going forward. Now, Pereira, I'll go back to Manchester United. Hickey, I keep, obviously, if he's still at the club. We haven't sold him. Smith, I keep. Yeah. Better, would, better next season for me. This is 2020-2021 this is season. Um, looking at the 11 that started on, on Sunday. Better, he's a squad player yeah. next season. He's not a starter. Uh, White, not for me. Bozanic, not for me. Whelan, only signed a one-year deal. Clare, not for me. Meshino will be back to Man City. White, and not for me. McLean will be gone. Yep. That is alarming. That yeah. is alarming that, that two players, there might be more, I don't know, but for me, only two players that start a national semi-final Will, will, for me, still be in the first 11 next season. Now, okay, you can be selective with statistics, and I know Naismith came on and Walker was an unused sub. Those two will, will be, hopefully, an integral part of Hearts next season. I honestly think that we go back to basics. And I've thought about this, and I've thought about all the players that have come in. I've listened to Ann Budge's press conference from yesterday, and she did admit that they maybe spent a little bit more than they would have liked in the summer, but Craig Levine's powers of persuasion were were thus, that he felt that due to injuries and, and the likes, that, that that's what he needed. I think we go back to basics. I think we have a Scottish core uh, in the team. We have Walker. We have Naismith. We have Irving. We bring back McDonald. We bring back Cochrane. Um, we have others. Naismith, obviously, is the, the, the kind of leading the charge. And, and we sprinkle it in with, with signings. But the problem here is we can't just keep going out and getting new players in. Because, as you quite rightly said in your message to me, there's a lot of players who, if they're not going to be playing and we're not interested in having them, are still got at least 12 months left on their contract. And that's an issue. There's been a lot of mismanagement that's gone on at this football club. And now we're paying the price. I think it's maybe a good timing to actually move on to the the question I put out, which was basically along the lines of what do you think the work is that a new boss will have to, to do at Hearts in terms of um, who is he, what positions is he going to look to strengthen, who is he going to look to move on, and who is he going to look to maybe build his kind of new Hearts team around. I think just with what you've been talking about, we'll, we'll, we'll skip over the, the managerial candidates for now. And have a look at that. Um, Colin S said, uh, "Wingers is what we need. I like Mulraney's effort and pace, but his crosses only stay on the pitch about fifty percent of the time, and less than half of those go to a Hearts player. We really can't rely on the young lads, um, uh, like Andrew McDonnell. Uh, I'm trying to think who else he's mentioned there, um, like Callum Morrison, sorry, and McDonald, Anthony McDonald. Uh, wish we'd made." GMS an offer he couldn't refuse when he left Aberdeen. That's of course Gary Mackay Stephen. I mean, I mean that's a valid point. Looking at wide areas, and it's one of the one of the things I noted down. If a new boss is going to come in, who's he going to sign? Part of it depends on how he wants to play, but we don't have any real quality natural width. I mean, Mulraney's maybe a work in progress still, but Callum Morrison final ball is just not up to scratch too often for me and he's not 18 now he's 20 now so if someone wants to come in and play with wingers and you know if you look at Stephen Robinson plays with wingers at Motherwell and I've got a 4-3-3 he's probably going to need to bring in at least two players 
I'm I'm looking at a, a Hearts eleven that we did last year. Remember? Yes. Um, in 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 a kind of wish list, and <laughs> here here it is. We 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 got one of of the the guys. That, <laughs> the, the ones I was <laughs> the ones I was hoping to bring in would be Liam Kelly, the goalkeeper, um, Craig Halkett, who we brought in, Lee Wallace. Uh, obviously, we don't need him now. Um, Chris Cadden, compensation. Gary Mackay, Stephen somehow persuaded to to live a life where he's got um, an Upper West Side Manhattan uh, penthouse <laughs> and playing for New York City FC. I don't see the 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 kind of attraction of that. And, and Lawrence Shankland, um, that that's still a head scratcher. Whether or not Dundee United paid more money or or whatever. Whether or not I think the more likely is that, that he wasn't fancied. I don't. Um, and I don't. What, think what was he your w- take? I don't think he was. And I'm not trying... fancied or, or paid more. Not fancied. I think he actually got a fair wedge at Dundee United anyway. So that could have that, been an that's issue. That's what I've heard. But that's what I've heard. I but, do, but there's a lot. Of, they brought they brought a lot of players in in the summer, Laurie. And um, if they weren't willing to push the boat out for Shanklin, does that tell you that he wasn't rated? And I don't... whether or not he could do a job in the Premier League. I think. There was possibly doubts over his um, his maybe fitness and physicality at the top level. I, I I can't for the life of me remember who it was who put that out there, whether it was a theory or whether it was based on something that people had said, but it was someone media-related or Hearts-related. And I remember speaking about it pre-season and someone had suggested that possibly the coaching staff at Hearts weren't sure if he was up to the... the the physical and fitness demands of top flight football. Whether so that's... Stevie Clark clearly thinks he's good enough for international football, <laughs> but he's not good enough physically for the Premiership. Okay, makes total sense. Um, moving on, if Flitch said, squad is very lightweight in terms of strength and depth, uh, we need the following. Craig Gordon from Celtic, right and left back cover, a Brelier type of midfielder, and a pacey forward. And Flitch says he would get rid of White and McLean, is Lamal, White, Bazanich, Clare, and try and build the team around Halkett, Suter, Haring, Naismith, Walker, and Hickey. Um, and hard to hard to really um, argue with too much of that. Craig Gordon's an interesting one. Um, we do have two goalkeepers, unfortunately, contracted for another 18 months because both... For some reason, we gave Colin Doyle a new contract. Um, nothing against Colin Doyle as a backup goalkeeper, but we seem to have too many goalkeepers that not enough that are up to scratch. Pereira, possibly, but he's obviously only on loan. So we have Zlamal and we have Doyle contracted until 2021. Pereira's obviously on loan and will likely return to Manchester United. Can we, in that sense, then look at another goalkeeper? I think we need one if Pereira's not staying. We should. I don't know what the wage structure is if we're paying any sum or all of Pereira's United wages, Manchester United wages. No, no but idea, no idea. No, it doesn't really matter. If we're paying some, then there's there's someone. I mean, Craig's out of contract. Uh, I mentioned that a few weeks ago. I, I, I've done a little bit of digging over here to see if there's any interest in, in Major League Soccer because that's something that Craig has mentioned that he he wouldn't mind trying out to try something different. Um, however, he wants to be close to his, his two girls, and I'm sure the opportunity to stay in Scotland with Hearts would be something that, that would tempt him. There would be no 
upheaval of, of moving countries or anything like that. There'd be no issues about who gets to, to look after the kids or, or whatever. So I think it would make sense for him. I haven't spoken to him about hearts. Um, probably, well, apart from when, when those photos appeared of, of him with his brother-in-law and his, um, his, his girlfriend um, walking in front of the main stand <laughs> at Tyne Castle when people were saying, he's coming back to hearts. And all he was doing was, was shopping for his brother-in-law at the club store. Um, that's that's the last time I spoke to him about anything to do with hearts. We've spoken about other things since then. Um, but I, again, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Um, as, as far as those contracted beyond this season, this is the message you sent me. 2021, Doyle, Beras, Lamal, White, Smith, Garucho, Whiten, Morrison, Clare, Irving. 2022, Walker, Haring, Suter, Ikpiezu. Mulraney in 2023, Naismith and Demur. The Demur was a that was a hell of a contract he got. He must have some agent um, to to get that length of of time. And and Connor Washington, of course, he was on the, the 2021 list. So as we've said before, if, this is if if everyone is fit, but it's everyone's not been fit at the same time and and may never be. We may never have the the ideal Hearts eleven when everyone is is fit. Um, I, I I agree we need a goalkeeper, and I think, I think Greg Gordon would, would be ideal. The thing with the goalkeeper side of things, I think long-term the goalkeeping position is, well, even medium-term, the goalkeeping position is a concern, especially given that we do have two contract and contracted, and neither of those two appear to be good enough to hold the number one spot. But if a manager comes in, and we expect one to come in the next few weeks, you'd hope, you've got Pereira till the end of the season, and Pereira seems you know a decent enough keeper, I think. I don't think goalkeeper is your immediate concern if you come in. I, I, you know, he's he's had some decent saves. He's had a couple of nervy moments, like like a lot of goalkeepers. But I think he looks like a decent enough goalkeeper at our level. I don't think we'll hold on to him, but I don't think that's going to be a big concern. Is trying to to drag a fourth senior goalkeeper into the club if, if you come in. Um, I think. No, no, not not now. I mean, no. Craig turns thirty-seven at the end of the year. Uh, I still think he's. He missed a fair chunk of game. I, I don't know. For for me, that's that's not that's not an issue at all. I think Craig could easily, uh, assuming he's he's fit, play until he's forty. Um, so a, a two-year contract offer to Craig at the end of the season might be something, but but not nothing nothing before then. Uh, Gary P says no the squad isn't as good as we think uh, we lack quality and pace in the wide areas neither Morrison or Mulraney are good enough first team 11 players too many number 10s Walker, Mission, O'Claire still need a box to box midfielder i.e. a Fulton, Stamp, Cameron and bar Naismith we don't have a goal scoring centre forward uh, I mean centre forward is another interesting area because we actually do have players that can play as a forward, uh, you know, you've got Washington out injured, unfortunately. You've got McLean just now, although he could be, will likely be gone at the end of the season. But you've got Craig Whiten, you've got Uche, you've got Naismith. All those players are contracted for at least another year and a half. But at the same time, if a manager comes in and maybe Uche is going to be a very acquired taste. If a manager comes in and wants to play a bunch of different, a few certain different kinds of football in terms of brand style approach there's a there's a good chance Uchi just might not fit into that because he's a battering ram 
you need to play in a certain way to get the best out of Uche. I don't think he's the type of player that you're going to be able to change much purely because of his size. He's just That's the way he is. He can be effective, as we saw against Rangers. So the worry is, if someone comes in and doesn't fancy Uche, then you've not got Washington for a little bit longer. Washington's not an out-and-out goal scorer. Where are your goals coming from? I mean, Naismith is really, as, as mentioned uh, by Gary, he's the person you're pinning on, and you can't rely on Stephen Naismith to be fit either. No, and it's interesting, he's been called in back into the Scotland squad today, and he was in one of Stevie Clark's earlier ones and had to withdraw because of injury. Uh, and Stevie Clark clearly sees him as a forward. Now, for, for, for me, on Saturday against St Mirren, and I know we'll speak about this later, Naismith and Uche as the front two and, and, and take it from there. Just just have someone around them. Maybe Uche at Hamden is different from against Rangers is different from Uche at, uh, against Rangers at Tynecastle. I, I get that because it's a much smaller pitch. There's not as much work that's required to go from side to side and, and, and whatever. I still would have played him from, from the start at the weekend and, and see what he does for an hour and then potentially bring on Naismith. Anyway, I what we have right now is maybe we have a coach, an interim coach who's coming in. He's maybe trying to change too much. I don't know. Uh, only the players would be able to, to see that. I think we we just try and go back to basics. Don't try and overcomplicate things. I mean, we've spoken before, Laurie, um, towards the end of last season, uh, the start of this season. We sometimes wondered if the players actually understand what they're being asked to do. Haven't we? I think, are, they, are they being confused? Are, are, are they being told yeah. too many different things? I think that's a good point. And, and Anne Budge did mention. I, d- I don't have. I don't have the um, the transcript in front of me, so I'm I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but she mentioned about trying to get our our brand, our approach, our philosophy in place in terms of what the team are wanting to do, what 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 our hearts all about tactically. And I think that's a good point. Although it's a bit of a worry that. We're talking about that now, and we, you know, we've maybe missed it. That's not been there for for so long. You know, it's it's about, it's like these tired stereotypes about, um, you know, Craig Levine's teams playing kind of kick and rush, direct down the pitch football. Yes, granted, there've been times where Berra and the likes have maybe just lofted too many aimless balls up the park. But I think, oh, what's that? The heart song. Yeah, yeah, my my. My computer page decided to refresh, having watched the Ann Budge oh, uh, okay. press conference. So it, went, <laughs> it, it was on pause, but it went back to the start. So a little blast of an HEA there. I thought it was maybe a ringtone for a moment, um, but <laughs> no. But well, yeah, a no, lot. Of, got, no, no. A lot of the time, the problem was that it was too much, too too much side to side, too many short passes between defence and midfield and back again, and you saw it again at times. On, on Sunday, you know, Oli Bazanich, I don't know if he plays forward passes, they always tend to go back the way if, if he actually gets the pass away before he's dispossessed. So it's good to, to, to know that we're maybe looking at what our philosophy is. But yeah, where's it been? And I'm looking at some more messages we've received. Thank you for having to get in touch. I'm not going to get through all of them. And to be honest, a lot of them are saying the same messages because a lot of us feel the same way. Um, Sam Moffat says... We need, le- we need at least one good winger, a creative midfielder, and a goalie. We lack pace enough um, and have done for a few years now. Um, and 
a few people have mentioned that the creative kind of midfielder type and um, Lewis McKenzie mentioned um, it's also went under the radar how badly we missed the likes of Jume from midfield uh, and that's a good point not that Jume was maybe a, a, a creative as such but he was a driving midfielder box to box and he got so much criticism and I think both of us were in, in agreement at the time that he maybe gets a bit harshly treated that he's he's maybe not a, a blow you away kind of footballer and he will have maybe periods where he, he doesn't kind of uh, perform at the level you believe he can do but I tell you what you 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 bite I, well I would certainly you know bite someone's hand off to replace Claire or Bozanich with Arnold Doom I think we misused him I've watched mm-hmm. him for Cameroon and they, they play a 4-4-2 uh, he's, he's a centre midfielder a lot of the play goes through him we had him as a holding midfielder we had him playing wide we had him as an attacking midfielder I go back to what I said about players being confused. It's it's like the analogy of when something isn't working, constantly changing it and constantly changing it and constantly changing it. You, you've got to have a little bit of patience because play, you know what footballers are like. If footballers do the same thing week in, week out and do it well and are happy, then that's all you want. They know what they're doing. They know what's asked of them. They know their role. But we've just, we've had a a head coach before he got fired whose idea of how do we fix this was just bring new players in. So it's like layers. A player was like a layer and he just continued to get deeper and deeper and deeper with more layers on top of him. And there comes a time where you're just like, you just become fed up. We have to get back to basics. We have to start again. We, we don't have to uh, pick a formation and then try and fit the players in. We have to see what we've got, and then we have to build from there. Now, that ain't going to happen quickly. It's not going to happen under Austin McPhee, but it's going to happen under the next boss. So yeah. this is a huge decision that, that Ann Budge is, is going to make. And I, I'm just intrigued right now to find out who will be advising her from a football perspective because it's not going to be Craig Levine. And I mean, looking at the team, if and you mentioned that, that I'd messaged you about the the, year, the years that the contracts were coming up uh, for expiry in terms of the existing players. So the players who will, assuming they'll leave, but the players who are out of contract at the end of this season are so Pereira and Meshino are on loan so they would return to their parent clubs Glenn Whelan Steve McLean Oli Bazanich Clevy Di Camona and Jamie Brandon so out of all of those I don't think any will still be at heart so not to say I wouldn't take Pereira or Meshino but I think they'll return to their parent clubs and I don't think we'll be able to keep a hold of them I actually don't I don't think either of them will ever make it at their parent clubs in all honesty but I think they'll probably end up at a slightly higher level than hearts at least short term so, if we assume those players can go, and those are the players that you're that you're that you're allowing to go now, it does leave a lot of players still at the club. And I, I kind of noted down in each sort of position. So you've got goalkeeper, you've got Doylens Lamal. So you could feasibly say we could bring in a third goalkeeper. You might have to loan one of those out, or try and get someone to buy them, or, or at least take over their contract if you can come to some kind of agreement. Um, right back. Smith and Hickey, put Smith as a right back, Hickey who can cover there. You could feasibly say we maybe need a backup right back. Um, 
left back, we've got White, Hickey and Garuccio. So people are talking about signing a new left back, but we've got a very promising youngster there and we've got two players who are under contract who are senior players. Is anyone going to buy Ben Garuccio or A.D. White? No. Um, Centre-back, Halkett, Berra, Suter. So with with what you're saying, I mean, Berra is likely to be a squad player. You could probably say you could justify bringing another squad player in or Clevy Di Camona, give him another year contract. I don't think... Centre-back isn't a huge concern for me if everyone's fit, in all honesty, because I think Halkett... And Suter are, in theory, two of the best defenders in that position outside of the old firm. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just putting together what we've done so many times before, when everyone's fit 11. Um, Smith, for me, is the interesting one, because he's, he's mm-hmm. one of the first names in the team sheet. But if you play him as a centre-back, along with Halkett and Suter, you've got to play as a three if, if Smith's a centre-back. And if he's a centre-back, who's your right wing-back? If he's a right-back... It's easy. It's Smith, Halkett, Suter, Hickey. Then wingers either side, Haring and another, and then Naismith and Uchi. So there's the base there, but the key is where do they think Smith is best suited? And if they think he's best suited as a centre-back, then you've got to play three because you're not, unless you're moving Suter forward or Halkett forward to a defensive midfield role, and I don't see the point of that, um, Who's your right wing back if you're playing Smith as a centre back? I guess what the interesting thing to do here is maybe look at where we really need a new starting eleven player, and we can feasibly, for instance, justify getting one in in terms of the players' contract. So I think we need a, a new goalkeeper. Long term is going to be required. In terms of the back four, it's hard to say if we had a back four. So I mean, if, without the complications of back three, if your back four is Smith right back, Hickey left back. Suter Halkett in the middle. Obviously, we're going to need squad strength. Uh, we might need to sign a, a backup right back or centre back, but I don't think that's a bad back four under the right no, management. It's a good, that, no, that's, so that's, that's a real that's that's a really good back four. The one thing you would need would be a backup right back. Yeah, exactly. That's four. what I mean. But you won't. But you wouldn't be looking to replace Smith. He's our most consistent no, player no, no, for quite no, a while. All. So not at all. Um, in terms of central midfielders, again, this is how many you need might depend on the system. But um, longer term, I mean you. Claire Irving, Haring, Demur. Now this is a huge problem position because you know Whelan's fine just now, but he's not long term. He he will be this season and this season only. It's about the Ireland uh, Euro squad for him, which is fair enough. Um, Haring is the only one of those I could say is I, I'm confident is worth keeping as a first team starting eleven. I mean Demur's here. We're going to have to do something with him. He's he's looked all right at times. He's looked very nothingy other times um claire god who knows and uh, andy irving some promise but i wouldn't say the promise of of other players you know the likes of hickey where you're like well this guy's is definitely worth keeping in the team he 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 looks a tidy player andy irving but i think it's still too early to tell that he's going to be able to hold a a position in the starting 11 so central midfield i think you're looking at maybe two at least what about Cochran? I mean, I haven't seen how he's doing it, Dunfermline. Um, is he the answer? Because, as I said, I've got Haring plus A and other in central midfield. Um, if you're playing Haring and Demur, uh, that's that for me would be a four-two-three-one with Haring and Demur. Um, because if you're playing them in a in a midfield four, 
There's no creativity whatsoever. You'd, you'd have, you couldn't play two up front because there's nothing. There's nothing from a central. Who, who's making the, 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 the run forward? So if, you, if you're playing Haring and Demur, you have to play uh, a 4-2-3-1. Yeah, I think we. I think I think four four two, based on the players that that we have, maybe suits best. Um, I mean, you you could easily do a four two three one and have Haring and and Demur. Um, then you'd have like a Walker, uh, a Morrison, uh, and a Naismith in behind an Uche. That that would kind of work, I suppose. Uh, and you'd want Stephen Naismith to be the kind of creator in behind, and you know you'd have protection. So so maybe that that would suit us best. I just there is no lineup right now that I would have long term that would include Sean Clare. It's interesting with the talk of Stephen Robinson, um, who is still uh, who is the odds-on favourite at the moment for the Hearts job, incidentally. And you look at Motherwell. Motherwell doing very well. So even if you take away the Stephen Robinson factor, you know Motherwell, you know, how come they're doing so well on a tiny budget compared to ours? And you look at centre midfield; they actually lost their driving creative force from midfield with injury which was, of course, David Turnbull, who did so well last season and almost moved to Celtic. Um, who did they bring in? Who's creating all these things? A player they signed from Inverness, Liam Paulworth, who um, I think outside the old firm, only Niall McGinn has got more assists in the league this season than Liam Paulworth. And when I saw him, I, saw, I, I was quite impressed. And when I listened to other people talking who see him more often, they're very impressed with how he's done in the heart of the Motherwell midfield. And they've also got Alan Campbell, who's a bit more of a, a kind of driving uh, defensive, maybe a, a bit like a younger Scott Brown type. But how are, you know, how are Motherwell going out and finding that player from a second-tier team and getting that out of him? And we have nothing in the centre of the park. So it, it's interesting when you've got players out there. Is it a, Are we just... You know, when we talked about how good we felt the heart squad was... Is it the fact it's just not that good, or is it the fact that these are players who could be better if they are properly and, and, and maybe better coached? Yes. And, and for all the talk about managers, coaches, interim coaches, players here have got to take a share of the blame. Yeah, we've spoken before yeah. uh, we've spoken before about wanting to get a manager in who improves players, a Brendan Rogers type, uh, a, a guy who well, could come into a team without a checkbook and just make players better. That's important because we we are an underachieving squad. We are an underachieving club, an underachieving team with underachieving players right now based on, on the so-called supposed quality that we have. We have the third biggest budget in Scotland, playing budget by all accounts, uh, although maybe Aberdeen might, might be more. We're certainly competing um, for for up there, maybe it's Celtic Rangers, then Aberdeen, then Hearts. I think I think Aberdeen is still ahead, but we're certainly from what yeah, I was okay. fourth. fourth okay, so budget, so, yeah. so it's fourth, right? And we're we're currently joint bottom. Now, th- this might this might be unfair to Motherwell, and I, I'll, I want to take you back to Leicester winning the league. Part of Leicester's success that year was their opponents' weaknesses. There wasn't a City or a Liverpool or whatever. And, and they capitalised on that. And they had form, they had consistency, they kept the same team. It was a small part, but their opponent's weaknesses was certainly part of why Leicester won the league. Because normally that number of points does not win you the league. For me, Motherwell, to an extent, are a bit like Leicester. And I think part of their success is to do with their opponent's weaknesses. 
Hearts and Hibs usually are competing in the top six right now. We've got Ross County in there instead. We've got Aberdeen in, in fourth, who are not playing as well as, as they have been doing. We've got Kilmarnock after Stevie Clark. But you've still got to be in a position to benefit from your opponent's weaknesses, and Mother will have done that, whether it's through good coaching or, or whatever it is. And I don't mind the fact that Stephen Robinson's been, been, been linked. It's interesting, though, that the, the odds-on is, is, is kind of being nibbled um, towards evens again, and his, his odds are retracting. Um, I think the longer it goes, the less likely that Stephen Robinson will be the next Hearts manager. Um, again, we, we, we wait to see, but I'm not overly convinced uh, by him. I think, I think he should be considered... But the problem I've got right now is I don't really know who. I mean, if Jack Ross goes to Hibs, he would have been up there as, as one of the main ones I would have looked to to consider an appointment. But listen to this for, for a, a range of, of kind of um, odds. Stephen Robinson, 8-11. to 11. This is with Skybet. Roy Keane, 5. Jack Ross, 5. Austin McPhee, 8. Moyes, 8. Robertson, 8, 12. John Robertson, Andy Kirk, 14. Gary Holt. Then you've got Neil McCann, Stephen Presley, Shelley Kerr, Scott Gemmell, Gary Naismith, Paul Harley, and Daniel Stendel. Now, Stendel's an interesting one. He's been linked. I think Stuart Lovell was, was on Sky earlier, saying he'd be a good fit for Hibs. He's a guy who did very well with Barnsley. Um, got them up last year, and then after a run of 10 without a win, the fans wanted him kept on, but, but he got the boot from Oakwell. And he's been linked with, with other jobs, obviously Hearts. And Hibs, there's been a bit of money for him with, with Skybet. It depends what we want to do. And right now, I was having a conversation on, on private message with, with, with a guy, a Hearts fan, on Twitter uh, over the last few days. And, and we kind of agreed that there isn't one person that's probably going to get the majority of, of the votes. Uh, so it, you're not going to get 10,000 people turning out to, to welcome this new man in, who, whoever he is. Um, it's... it's it's a difficult one right now, and there's there's not everyone agreement everyone in agreement here. If you want to go down the Hearts road, you, you've, there's plenty of candidates. If you want to try something different, there's plenty of candidates. But there's not one candidate that would be like Stevie Clark, who was uh, who was kind of everyone fancied him for the Scotland job, and it made sense. There isn't right now. Yeah, I mean it was interesting. Some of the the odds with McBookie were were kind of similar. I mean we went through a lot of the names. That you'd said there, the, the one, the four new names in the under twenty to one category were Derek Adams was ten to one, you know, four years with Plymouth but was sacked in April with Plymouth fighting relegation from the English third tier, you know, was Ross County manager on a couple of occasions, did okay, was Hibbs assistant, not one that um, instills much excitement with me, I have to say. Um, Here's one that you might know a, a bit more of. I mean, Lee Bullen was actually cut to 14 to 1 with um, McBookie. <laughs> Edinburgh Bohr, next on Farmland Player. Coach at Sheffield Wednesday has actually now been caretaker boss there on three occasions, not yet a manager in his own right. He wouldn't really fit Ann Budge's mould of an experienced manager, though, but a name that I thought you might be interested in. Yeah, I grew up in Pennycook. He was a few years older than me. We both went to Pennycook High School. He played for Pennycook Athletic. He went over to Hong Kong, played against, uh, played for a Hong Kong select against England. And I've, I've followed his, his career as, as you do with someone that you know and proud of him. Uh, great ambassador for, 
um, for Pennycook and, and for our hometown. And lovely, lovely guy. Uh, was the captain of Sheffield Wednesday. Um, is, is highly thought of down there for what he did as a player. Uh, he's done well as a as a coach, as an assistant. And it says a lot that three different guys have come in and and they've they've all kept him. He worked with Carvalhal and then got um, and then left or got sacked. Yeah, and he, he didn't take um, he didn't take Lee with him. So so I mean, Lee would have loved the Sheffield Wednesday job. He did all right as a caretaker earlier this year. Would he leave Sheffield Wednesday as assistant manager to come to Hearts as assistant manager? No. Is he assistant to Monk, isn't he? No, yeah, so. yeah, and then and, and yeah, Monk's a decent coach. Um, I think he'd only leave if if he was if he was getting the, the number one job. Uh, and as much as as I like Lee, um, it would be a gamble. Uh, but who, who wouldn't be? Just because he's he's only ever been a caretaker boss. Um, so what difference is that from Austin McPhee? And I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have him. Um, I'd like, I know, I know Lee, and I know how he speaks, and, and I guarantee he would impress in an interview. And he's good ideas and whatever. But he, this is, this is going right back to where we were right at the start when we gave the comment about Anne Budge's uh, quotes at the press conference um, when, when she was talking about the kind of person uh, that, that she's looking for. That she said uh, to to the media, a very experienced and a high profile manager. There's not many of them around. No. Available. I, available. Well, oh, here's one that could fit the bill. Oh. Sixteen to one. Now this is one mm-hmm. that a good friend of mine has been um, has been pestering me about for over half a year, saying he wants this guy in. Um, now this man was actually a contender for the Hearts job 11 years ago. His agent spoke to Hearts. It was during Vladimir Romanov's time. Um, most recently, QPR boss. Uh, a bit of a character, shall we say. Ian Holloway. Indeed. Um, hmm. He's now 16 to 1. He's managed for over 20 years, including in the top flight. Um, bags of experience. I, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I, I He's the type of manager who, despite his managerial CV, and it, I wouldn't be surprised if he would take a job like Hearts. Would he be the best fit? I don't know. I, I actually, I'm trying to rack. I've, I've, I've not looked into his QPR time. I don't know how how the QPR spell panned out. Um, not very well. No. Well, a friend of mine at work, one of the producers at work is um, a QPR fan. Obviously, he's, he's, he's pretty happy right now because Warburton's done all right. But a lot of QP, he was one of the, the many QPR fans that, that were surprised when, when they let Holloway go. So I, I think we're putting all these names um, and throwing them out. And, and I think what Hearts will probably do is they'll probably give it to the end of the week and then sit down. Well, it's Friday. Friday, um, they've said, is the, the yeah, deadline for it, applications. Yeah. There you go. So And there'll be, there'll be many. There'll, there'll be plenty. And I think I think they're doing it the right way. I think I think you see you see what you get before you do anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and and you wait and see. I mean, Holloway, I'd like that. I mean, it's, I wouldn't mind it. Certainly wouldn't mind it. it no, it's, it's one that I'm like, mm, yeah. I mean, you know, you you think he would he would demand a lot for. I don't think you'd have players who wouldn't respect him. I, I wouldn't think. Um, you know, he seems that type who who. 
who will take the dressing room and he, and he won't be shy. Um, Do we like him because he's a geezer? Is, is, is that why? Because he's, he's, he's good for a laugh. I think, the, I think the press would love it because they'd fill column inches, no bother with Ian Holloway around. Um, I, I, I think he'd be the type as well. I know it's one of these things that a lot of fans, especially the likes of Hearts fans, maybe Aberdeen fans and, and Hibs fans, they want a boss who comes in and gives the old firm no respect. And sometimes sometimes I think it's difficult because you look at it realistically and people forget that Rangers and Celtic have copious amounts of money compared to the other teams. So you're not going to kind of dislodge them just by being bold. But at the same time, I think they sometimes want that attitude that someone comes in and goes, well, Celtic, Rangers, whatever. Here we are. We're going to take them on, or we're going to, you know, we're we're going to we're not going to we're not going to give them too much respect in terms of we're not going to go out our way to be cautious against them. Um, we're going to we're going to go at them. We're going to try and take points off them. And you know, Hearts have done that down the years, especially against Celtic now and again. But I don't think Holloway would be a type who would come in and hold back and be in awe of Rangers or Celtic or in awe of going to Ibrox or Celtic Park. I'd agree with that. I think our concern right now is not Celtic and Rangers. No. It's, it's Hibernian, <laughs> St. Johnston, Hamilton, Livingston, Ross County, Kilmarnock, Aberdeen and Motherwell. Those are the teams immediately above us before we even get near the old firm. I think this is a... Let, let's, not, let's not beat around the bush here. Might be a big name in Scottish football, Hart and Midlothian, but as it stands right now, we'd be playing off against the team who are second in the championship or whoever was, was winning the the, the, the kind of playoff. I mean, it, it could be, as it stands, a Hearts against Air United playoff. Let, let's not talk about going to Ibrox and, and going to Parkhead. Let, let's just get the best person available, um, put the team on the pitch that makes the most sense. Don't try and overcomplicate things. Uh, let's get back to basics and let's make up a decent appointment out of this. Let's not worry about Champions League in two or three years' time. Let's, uh, let's walk before we can run again. Okay, moving on. Mark very rightly pointed out that we are focused on teams lower down the table than the likes of Rangers and Celtic just now. And um, that's shown very clearly by this weekend's basement battle at Tynecastle as uh, Hart and Lothian host St Mirren. Uh, the joint bottom teams in the league only separated by goal difference. So, a big game. And, it, you know, we've made a move to get rid of Craig Levine. But we're in a position now where, and you know, I'm going to suddenly look up the table a bit more, but we are already the likes of 14 points of third place Motherwell, 13 points of fourth place Aberdeen, um, even fifth place Killy, nine points ahead of us. We need to start getting points on the table not just because we don't want to get dragged into a relegation battle, but if we're going to have aspirations of saving this season at all, we need to start winning games, especially games like this. I think, you know, this is imperative we have a decent performance and a win. And you couldn't really ask, famous last words, you couldn't really ask for a better side to be taken on. It's a St. Mirren team that have lost every single game away from home this season in the Premiership. Played six, lost six, scored only two. Even Hibs beat them. Um, this is a game where we really do need to take it to them and you know whatever happens for Austin McPhee's future, he needs to get this right. <laughs> I've run out of times that I've said no more excuses. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
honestly, I mean, what does he do? The, okay, well, we're looking at looking look at the team. I mean, we I, I don't actually know about Smith and Whelan yet. I've not seen anything confirmed about their availability, but but, but you know, but look at the team. What do we do? What 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 do we do in this game? to ensure that we are the team that, that takes the game to St Mirren, who will come to Tynecastle, and despite how bad hearts have been, St Mirren will still be underdogs, because they are, have also been very poor. So I think they're going to come at Tynecastle and think of it as, what have we got to lose? Pressure on them. Let's go in and frustrate them. Um, St Mirren could be playing with 12 men. Because the Hearts fans will be mm-hmm. their 12th man. <laughs> Could be. Could be, yeah. The, the, this is a game, and we've seen them before um, this season. We saw it against Hamilton. And, and there's been various matches that Hearts have played whereby they haven't started quickly at all. I mean, there's been, I mean, the Aberdeen game, the Rangers game at Tynecastle, they started well. We need something like that. But this is a this is a scenario for me whereby this isn't Hearts of, of old. This is Hearts who scored zero against Rangers, scored zero against St Johnston, scored zero against Livingston. So they haven't scored in their last three. The game against Rangers, they started quickly. They didn't score against Kilmarnock, and they didn't score against St Mirren. So, so what's going to be different? He kind of came out and made some comments about being more attacking. I think you. I think I think Hearts will be, and I think Hearts will win this one. And it wouldn't surprise me, Laurie, if if we won by two or three. Again, based on what? Well, based on the fact that it's going to have to happen sometime. Um, now, not necessarily, but but I I I think we'll win by a couple of goals this weekend. I think we'll start quickly. I think we'll get the crowd on side. I think that twelfth man that St Mirren potentially could have had will become Hearts' twelfth man. Wouldn't be surprised if we got a goal within the first half hour. We then kicked on. We were ahead at half time. And I think the longer it goes on at nil-nil, goes without saying, the better the chance St Mirren have got. But if we can if we can come out the blocks and show the fans that we're hurting, um, because the players, as I said earlier, are, are to an extent just as culpable. Um, if Michael Smith comes out and says there's too many of them hiding and, and shirking, then there's something clearly wrong at that football club. Let's go out right from the start, take it to them. Creativity, Meshino, Uche, Naismith, Walker from the start. Let's bombard them with crosses. Let's get it wide. Let's start quickly and let's beat St Mirren. Well, the last time Hart scored more than three goals in a league match was against St Mirren on the 1st of September last year in Austin Austin McPhee's first game um, covering Craig Levine, who was um, unavailable due to the uh, heart attack, the health scare. So, um, yeah, maybe that's a good sign. I mean, it's interesting. You look at the team that played that day, and it was four going on seven or eight Um from what the reports were, I was actually away at a wedding, so I missed that one. Um, Zlamal, Smith, Garuccio, Suter, Mitchell, Dunn, Lee, Haring, Naismith, McLean, Iqpiezu. Um Not 
that different a team than what you'd imagine we we're going to put out in terms of quality, really. Um, would you say? I mean, maybe the... missing the likes of maybe Haring and Suter, big players, but you, you don't look at that team and go, wow, God, how much have we fallen since then? They'll be 4-5-1. They yeah. were 4-5-1 at Celtic. They'll be 4-5-1 at Tynecastle. And the five in midfield won't have that much of an interest in getting forward to support the striker, whether it's Obika or, or whoever it is. Um, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be tight. They'll be compact. There'll not be much room between the five in midfield and the four defenders. And it, it'll be up to Hearts to try and create something. I don't, I don't want a Bozanic or Bozanic or whatever the hell. I don't want him. I, 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 want, I want people who are, who are willing to take a chance. I don't want someone that's just going to sideways pass. We have to be quicker than them. Yeah. We have to move the ball quicker because they, they don't really score goals this season. They've only scored five goals in all the games that they've played, which is the eleven. But here's, here's the kicker. Only Celtic and Rangers have conceded fewer goals than St. Mirren. Mm. They are compact. They're not out when they go away from home and to an extent at home as well. Jim Goodwin, is just his, his remit um, or what his, his kind of ethos this year has been, we're not out to entertain. We're out to survive. And that's why, in essence... It might be one supporting the striker. But apart from that, it's going to be eight behind the ball. That is not... We, we have struggled. We struggled against Hamilton. We struggled against Ross County. Um, when, when they come and they set up shop. So we have to have creative players that are not frightened um, to, to hear jeers or whatever from the crowd. We've got to move the ball about quicker, Laurie. I think the crowd will be... I th- <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a carnival positive atmosphere, but I think now that the decision has been made to remove Craig Levine, I think it will be a slightly more upbeat atmosphere. I think there's still a lot of discontent now aimed at the players themselves um, because you know they've, they're still not performing regardless of, of of who's in the dugout. But I think there will be a little bit more time given to them because I think a lot of the I think it got to the point where the fans were actually looking forward to the chance. Maybe not, not the right word, but they were just waiting for any chance to get on Craig Levine's back because they'd completely lost any confidence in him. And it was kind of like, you know, you could tell they were they were almost itching to let that frustration come out with the manager. The manager's gone. There's a head coach in the, in the dugout, but, you know, he's interim. And I think a lot of people think he is just going to be that. He's going to be temporary and that's going to be it. So I think there may be a little bit more leeway given to the the team this weekend, and I think <laughs> I could give it five minutes. I said a little bit. I didn't say that it's going to. Well, be... you normally get two or three, so Aye. five would be a five would be an improvement. But um, Hearts have only scored ten goals this season, so only that's the other thing. Submitted the only team. They're going to get three. Yeah, they've they've only submitted have scored less. Kamarnik have scored the the same amount. So goals is the big problem. Um, so where are they going to come from this weekend? There we go. That's the last last question. We'll, we'll really we'll really leave on where are the goals going to come from this weekend, Mark? Uche Naismith uh, with Meshino providing. Okay, all three of those starting then, and and, and Uche Naismith on the score sheet. That's okay. Walker Walker start. Walker has to start as well. I don't want to see Whiten. I don't want to see Bozanic. I just want to see players that that are creative, not destroyers. Or destructive players. Not in a game like this, no. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. 
It's not Hamden against Rangers. It's not Celtic Park against Celtic. Okay. Well, well, well hopefully, hopefully we do see a bit more creative spark and some goals and a much needed win to at least drag ourselves up the table because, I mean, you look at the other teams struggling and people are saying you know, we have to be mindful that a relegation battle could be something we get dragged into, especially with, you know, Hibs have made a change as well and if they make a good appointment and the new boss hits the ground running, then suddenly you're looking up the table and you're thinking, well, below like Ross County and Livingston, both of those teams seem to at least get results on a semi-regular basis. You're looking at what Aki, St. Johnston and St. Mirren maybe to battle with with Hearts if they don't get their act together. So I think we have to be aware that, you know, you look at Hibs in the season that we went down and it was constantly just, nah, it won't, it won't, it won't come to that. They'll pick up enough and they'll, They'll maybe get top six. Oh, well, no, they're bottom six, but they'll get a few results and they'll maybe end seventh or eighth. And it wasn't until until they're almost down that it was like, wait, this Hibs team are actually going to get relegated somehow. Well, look at at our next four after St Mirren. We've only got one at home. That's against Livingston, and that's no pushover. We're away to Gilmarnock, away to Rangers, and away to Motherwell. Yikes. Yeah, big, big few, big few weeks and month. And certainly towards the end of the year, we've got, a big run of fixtures, and I think that that run of fixtures, especially in December, a really busy month, eight games, I think, that is going to be, I think that that could almost decide whether this is going to be a season where we're like, well, trying to consolidate mid-table with the changes, maybe somehow turning it around and pushing, you know, top four, which I think would be our up, you know, the uppermost of our um, aims. Or if we're going to end up actually being in a battle in the bottom two or three. I think that could really be decided how it's going to pan out by the end of December. Um, because I just, want, I just want players that want the ball. Yeah. I want players that aren't frightened. I want players in the mould of Michael Smith. I, I don't want players that hide. And I'm not going to... Everyone can, can uh, ascertain who and which players I mean um, when I say that. Uh, because Michael Smith knows that as well. I, I want players who are willing to, when there's whistles and jeers and whatever, um, coming down from the stands, stand up, be counted and say, I want this ball. Not for the concern about if I get it and I make a mistake, doesn't enter their mind. I want players like that. And, well, I'll be interested to see the team selection. And if Uchi doesn't start at the weekend, not saying he's the saviour, but I don't know, I don't know what he's going to do. Um, but I, I wait to be uh, bemused, baffled, and befuddled when the team is announced <laughs> on Saturday at one forty-five your time, as always. Bring it on! Before we go, do, do you have any homework you want to throw out there? I, I know we haven't actually gone over the last, um, the last lot of homework, which was non-football sporting events, simply because things kicked off with managerial changes and such like. No, I mean, if you want to continue that. I take it no one responded. No, we do have some. I do have some. They're okay. All, well, we'll just repeat it, and we'll, we'll give them an extra uh, an extra week. So you can you can tell us again what that homework was from a fortnight ago. It's on it's it's on ice for now, but it was your favourite non-footballing sporting events that you've attended. Um, we were at the point where we were trying to avoid talking about hearts. I think. <laughs> um, hopefully next week we don't want to. Hopefully next week we want to talk about football. We want to talk about hearts, and we want to talk about. Um, a victory over St Mirren, um, however it may come. Uh, so we will be back next week to discuss that. 
um, and maybe some more developments in terms of what's happening off the field. But until then, thank you for joining, and we will see you next time. Grow a set and start being brave. <laughs> well said, Mr. Smith.